Okay, here we go. So we want to, there's a Gewaldic, a Reptodok, Reptodok Akoyen, about, um, about, you know, Reptodok, he's amazing because what he does is take the um, basic concepts of um, halacha and um, reality and he describes what the what the the deep behind them is. It's like the 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 consequences of what does it mean? Um, so this is in Tzikas Atzadik, and he says the following thing. He says, "Hazman murkav The nature of time is that it consists of two different elements: a day and night, and Whenever he approaches the world, he approaches from, from the position that everything that shifts in our world around us has got not only its, um, what you call, let's say, natural meaning, but also its um, potential for its symbolic meaning. It's, it's underlying, um, symbolic is, is really the wrong word, but it's more that there's a, a connotation there's a concept of day and a concept of night. So he says that since time is made up, since the way we experience reality is through light and darkness, and in the world of light, everything is visible, um, there's clarity of perception, and in the world of darkness, everything is uh, hidden and difficult to access. So, a person's life also has that rhythm. The rhythm of life is dafka, night and dark, light and dark. In other words, when a person, there's this movement in, um, I think it's quite popular in America, of um, perpetual positivity. That you always have to be, you know, everything's always good. And Reptolic over says, says over here that that's going against the natural order. The natural order is there's actually different time periods. And... The morning is a time of light and excitement and, and potential. And the evening is, is a time of cessation of that, that um, light. And we move into darkness. And darkness is also an experience. And the problem of trying to uh, perpetuate positivity is we lose out on the rich diversity in life. Life is made up of or of a choshech. And he goes on and says, A person goes up and a person goes down. Stability and consistency is not the way of the world. The world has a rhythm to it. And the rhythm of the world is a perpetual rise and fall. And that's not bad. That's the way it's meant to be. The, the Baal Shem, the Baal Shem Tov, has a pshat in the Pasuk, which is that a tzaddik will, um, seven times he'll fall and he'll get up. The Baal Shem says, Ki shivas yomim hu shavu echod. shivas Because seven days is one week, and then those seven days have a repeated cycle. The Baal Shem Tov says the pshat in tzaddik sheva pa'amim yipol sheva yipol tzaddik v'kam means that those seven refer to the days of the week, which is symbolic of a cycle. 
and the nature of the cycle is that you fall every day and you get up and you fall every day and you get up and you fall every day and you get up. The nature of life is falling, getting up. Going down, coming up. Darkness, light. That's the way it is. And when we try to fight against that, so we're really kind of going into a world of fantasy and denial and we're not in touch with the world around us. The nature of the world around us is ebbs and flows and embracing every aspect of the world unleashes the meaning in every possible area. It's not that, oh, good times, the days are fantastic times. The nights are right off. We should really try to get rid of the night because the night's a negative place. Rather, the day has its energies, its power to give us, and the night has its power to give us. And you can't rate either one as being good or bad in an ultimate sense. You can say lessons we can learn from this period are not like lessons we can learn from that period. And lessons we can learn from that period are not like lessons we can learn from this period. So embracing the diversity of our life and what we call literally the ups and downs. And just like there are ups, there are also downs. So as what we learned in Reptotica today, what Reptotica said is that the, just like the time, the day is made up of night and day, our lives are made up of night and day. The times of incredible aliyah, where everything makes sense, everything's good, everything fits together. And the times of incredible yurida, where nothing makes sense, everything's a balagan, we have no idea what's going on. And the nature of life is such that we have to embrace both those times. And now episode goes on and he says even um, deeper insight into what does it mean to live in that time of darkness. V'omnam. Even the time of darkness, you require the light of the moon. The light of the moon is the refracted light of the sun, or 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 else you need the light of the stars, the nami or which is also considered light. He brings a ray from the Gemara When you're going through those periods of darkness, there has to be within the darkness, still a kernel of light. As we experience life in the times when everything fits together beautifully, it's Gavaldi. And then we have a, uh, a descent, you know, we, we go down and we feel like we're useless or our life's gone against us or everything's gone wrong. In those times, we have to experience that moment, the moment as we, he'll explain shortly, is a very precious moment. But also we have to recognize that we have to refract some of the light of the sun, which is the idea of the moon, has to also come in. So some of the, the, the awareness and the clarity that we had has to trickle into the time of darkness. And also there's something called the light of the stars, which means within that darkness, there's always going to be these sparks. They're not very powerful. But there's going to be sparks of light that allow us to see that in this depth of where we are, there's still rays of hope. And then he goes on and says that when we do when we do chametz, there's a locker that we have to use a candle. And the only time that you can use a candle, according to the locker, is at night. And what you do is you check in your house in what's called the um, and stock him in the nooks and crannies. And Ritzotik explains 
again metaphorically, that the house that we're referring to is your inner world. And there in your inner world, which just like the nooks and crannies of the recesses of my house are not visible to me in the normal road of my life, so too the inner workings of my deeper self are invisible to me in the normal road of my life when I walk around. But what I can do is I can use a candle to light up those nooks and crannies and find out what's hidden there. Is there anything going on? And the search for Chomus metaphorically becomes a search for wounds and problems and distortions that I have which are still rotting in the inner parts of myself. And there I have to use a candle. It doesn't help to have a sun, as he'll shortly explain. The candle, he says, is what's called a ner mitzvah. Torah is called shemesh, Torah is called light, but a mitzvah is called a candle. He explains that a candle, it doesn't have this overpowering light. The power of overpowering light, the, the physical reality, the impact that it has, is it shrinks our pupils, and therefore we actually can't see the details. We just see the overall. But when we have darkness, our pupils are expanded. So actually, when you have a candle in the darkness, you can see details and subtleties that you completely miss when it's broad daylight. And therefore, the deepest chomets has to happen at night, because those little crumbs of chomets if you're looking for them in a day, you won't see them because it's too bright outside. Metaphorically speaking, when you're in a place of darkness, that means we're in a place of descent. Nothing's going right in your life. That's called, it's night. Then you can use the light, the candle of a mitzvah to illuminate the inner recesses of yourself. So how would, you use, um, how would you use a mitzvah to do that? In other words, how can a, a mitzvah act as a light? I just want you to say one more thing with Sadiq, what he says. He says, but that's only when you're going through a time of darkness. When you're in a time of light, in other words, when everything's going, going well, you will never be able to spot the inner workings of yourself because it's too, um, it's too bright and you don't have the subtlety. So there's an incredible value of when you're in a down, to utilize it as a period of self-exploration. Because the level of self-understanding that you can get when you're not feeling great, you're feeling a little dep depressed, you're, you're feeling unmotivated, when you actually go into that state and you examine it and you explore it, so then the kind of insight you can have, you could never have when things are going well. I don't know if that resonates with you. It kind of resonates with me. But I know that when things are going well, you just life just keeps on going. It's like it energizes me. There's no time for like deep self-introspection. But when something goes wrong, you start to rethink things and you start to dig deep inside of yourself and say, what's going on over here? And it's actually a very deep explorative process. The powerful thing he says is that the illuminating part will be a mitzvah. Now, how does a mitzvah shine out in my life? So I don't know what he means, but I'll tell you what I think he means. Let's say I'm going through a down and I feel lackluster, unmotivated, I feel lethargic, and it comes time for me to daven shachis. 
and I don't want to have shachris. I just need to stay in bed. So now I'm using shachris as a beam of light to shine on me. What is it? What is it? What does it light up? It may light up the fact that in one of those nooks and crannies inside of myself, there's a part of me that feels disconnected from Hashem, and I don't want to go and speak to Hashem because I feel that He's not there. I feel that I'm not there for Him. So that light of a mitzvah shows me something inside of myself. The light of mitzvah tefillah illuminates my connection to Hashem. It could be that I feel too lethargic to pick up the phone and call a friend. So the light of the haftorech komoicha shows me that my connection is perhaps obstructed by something. So in a time of darkness, you actually can use the mitzvahs as lights to shine up what's actually going on inside of me. Because when I see what the mitzvah is and I feel the resistance, or I don't feel the resistance, and I feel, you know, even though I'm feeling down, but I'll always do this and this and this. So that shows me who I really am. So the mitzvahs become these illustrative guides to describe the anatomy of my inner self. And that's a very powerful thing. That's a very, very powerful thing. And that's what the Tolik says. If there's this incredible, overwhelming light of Shem Shemaim, and it and I'm really into mitzvahs, and it illuminates our olam cotton. So then, the light of a single mitzvah won't won't shine up anything. But when it's dark, then I can use myself. I can use the mitzvahs to as a candle to check all the comets that become stuck in the in the most parts of myself. And then he says the halacha by chometz is you have to check ad ad yado ad yado imagas ad mokem shiyado imagas. You only have to check as far as your arm can reach. So too, when you're exploring yourself, there's a limit that you don't have to go beyond. In other words, that work of exploration also it's as much as you can reach. Meaning, where you are at this point in your life, that's how far you should explore. You don't have to go any further than that. And that I think is a is a is a very powerful point. And he says, well, what should you do? But what about the other stuff that you can't, you can't deal with? It's, it's too dark. He says, there's this thing called bitl chametz. Bitl chametz means that you, you say that you're not, you're not it. You, you don't want it. You, you're disconnected from it. And uh, it becomes onerous in hefka. So it's amazing what Reb Tzadik has done. He's taken the mitzvah of Bidikas chametz. He's taken the cycle of day and night. And he's woven it into an entire beautiful tapestry of Avodah Hashem and self-introspection and utilize these halachas as a metaphor for our, the way that we need to move forward. I think that's, that's pretty amazing. V'hinei, or Hashemesh metayar zman ayoyim. The light of the sun purifies the day. And the conclusion of the Tahara process is when the sun sets. Because if the purification hadn't happened, so then the sun could not have set. And 
And as long as the sun hasn't set, so you still need that time of Tyra, which comes through the sun, that you can do things to make yourself more pure. So now it takes it one step further. There's a halacha, also in relation to night and day, that a koyen who is um, tome, it's true of many t- many tomeim, but a koyen who is tome can only eat truma, even though he's gone to the mikvah and he's gone through the entire process, he still needs the sun to set and the stars to come out before he can eat truma. Says Reb Tzadok, in the process of achieving Tyra, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't allow the sun to set until you've got enough that when it comes to the darkness, you can use it. So he's saying now a, a deeper vort as well, that when the sun shines, that means when I'm illuminated in my spiritual path and there's clarity in what I need to do, that clarity will get to a point that is consolidated enough so when it disappears with the coming of night, you already have something which is complete. And that's analogous to the Quranim that they can eat trimmer only after the sun is set. But after the sun is set, they can eat it because they are not tar. But as long as the sun is still shining, they need the sun, the sun's shine to be able to complete the tire process. So I think this is, this is great. I mean, this is like such powerful stuff the way that he's able to extract from these halachas um, ways of Avayit Hashem. We good? Yes? I was just talking to the, um, what is it, MS during the day in Emuna at night. Right, beautiful. So, there's two times that we have to say Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We have to remember Yitzhak Mitzrayim in the day and in the night. And in the day, the way it's remembered after the Shema is with V'yatsi V'nochoin. And at night, it's Emes V'emuna. So Emes V'yatsi in the day, Emes V'emuna at night. The difference between these two ways of Yitzhak remembering Yitzhak Mitzrayim is exactly like we're saying now. They correspond to two states of mind. In the day, when everything is clear, so then everything is solid and stable and good. But at night, when you can't see, that's when Imuna comes in. You, you don't see enough. There's not enough clarity for me to know. And when I don't know what I use, what's the internal power that navigates during the tides of darkness, that's called that's called Emuna. That's called Emuna. And I suppose it's extremely relevant to us. Before I get there, I just want to make a reference to the source of MSV Yatsiv and MSV Emuna. It's from the Pasuk in the Mizmo Shulia Mashabas. Toiv Lahodes Lashem, Lazamer Lashim Cheelion, Lahagid Ba Boike Chastecho, the Emunoscho Belelois. So the the Shir Shalyam HaShabbos goes like this. Toiv Lohidus Lashem is one component. Lazamer Lashem Cheelyoin is another component. Lahagid Baboike Chazdecha is one component. Vemunoscha Beleilois is another component. And those two movements parallel one another. Toiv Lohidus Lashem is thanks. Lodot means to say thank you. Lazamer Lashem Cheelyoin is... Lazamer means 
sometimes translated as prayer, but I'll explain to you shortly what it means in a deeper sense. Toiv Lahodois corresponds to to say your praises and your kindnesses in the day. And to praise your supreme, your high name, corresponds to and it goes as follows. There's day and there's night, and there's chesed, and there's emunah. In the day, everything is clear. Now, whether it be the physical day, or the emotional day, or the spiritual day, it means that everything is there. You can see it. It makes sense. It's visible. It all works together. It's gewaldic. It's kishmak. Then I can say thank you. At night, I don't understand it. But I have faith. Zamer literally means to prune, to cut off. That's how you'd actually say to cut off a branch and to prune a tree. It's called zimur. Zamer means that I am essentially cut off from understanding, and that's why it says the Shimcha El to your name, which is so high, I can't get it. There's two kinds of realization we can have. One that we can get, we can understand, we can express, we can feel. That corresponds to the morning, the day, to thankfulness. There's another kind of way that Hashem interacts with us, which in our limited capacity, we're dark. We cut off from understanding. That's the Shimcha El that's too high. So, one of the ways when we correspond to what we can grasp, what we can understand, what we know, then we say, thank you, Hashem. It's amazing what you've done. And when there's a darkness, we don't get it. We can't fathom it. We can't understand it. We still sing. We still sing. But our point of singing, our point of praise is coming to a point that we don't understand. And what allows us the power of praise because we have emuna, And this corresponds to the whole process, this flux of the rise and fall of our lives. The rise and fall of our lives is periods of clarity where what dominates is thankfulness. Periods of, un, of fogginess, of mistiness, of, of a lack of clarity where dominates emuna. And when a person's balanced out with that harmonious combination of to be able to relate and to embrace the joy of clarity and to be able to explore, understand, and hold strong in the times of darkness. So that's the perfect balance and that's a natural cycle of life. And we can't, we can't escape it. So right now, let's say, with the coronavirus going on, there's a, in a way, it's a time of incredible darkness because we can't see ahead of us. The, the sense of sight allows us to perceive distance. But when there's no, imagine if there'd be like, um, it's dark, you can't, you don't, you don't have visibility. So we have no visibility because the entire situation, the entire world is thrown into a complete state of lack of predictability. We actually have no idea what's gonna to happen tomorrow. We literally have no idea what's gonna to happen tomorrow. We certainly can't forecast anything because we have no idea how it's gonna pan out. There's too many unknowns. So we actually in a period of total darkness. In that period of total darkness, everything can happen. Now we can retreat and examine ourselves. Now with the power of mitzvahs to illuminate who we really are in a powerful way, you know, not diving in a shul, tells me about my tefillah, tells me about my brachas, not being around people, tells me about who am I really behaving for? 
myself or for others. It's a real point of deep and beautiful clarification. And it's also a time of a recognition that in the world of Imuna, so we are tiny, tiny little beings that we don't have the power and the depth of perception to actually understand how the Boya Olam is working as well. And we can just, we can snatch tippets here and there. But in truth, we're really just these vulnerable, frail little beings, not knowing much. And we do realize though, that we have a powerful presence being that's guiding every, every second, every, every moment of our lives. And when we recognize that, so then we have a sense of security and assurance. And that's, that's the feeling of Emona. But I don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's going to go, but I'm totally at ease. I'm at ease because I have trust. And I know that the Bura Olam doesn't mess up. And I know that everything is perfectly immaculately timed. And the reason why this is happening to us at this stage of history, at this stage of each and every single one of our lives, what we're dealing with is perfectly coordinated. And when I realize that, so then I, I recognize the power of Hashem's name. And perhaps in the, in the midst of not knowing, there's a deep, deeper Giloy Kroch the, the beauty of HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes out because there's a mystery and there's a humility when I look at the world and I can't fully understand it, it shows how vast and deep it is and how really I'm just groping for tiny tidbits of understanding. So I think that's, that's quite a pertinent message from Ibn for today. Questions, thoughts, arrows before we say ciao? There's Erev, Bokir, and Saharayim. Three categories. Just, I'm just saying Ash is like pushing the, pushing the boundaries over there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's so questionable. Okay, go, go on, go on. Meaning we're talking about Dan, but what about that middle bracket? Um... Brunch. So, no, meaning we've got Erev a book of Torah, and we say it in more dim. Now, what's the we we, we differentiate between the three? Oh, I got you. I got you. You mean there's it's not only it's not only night and day. Meaning we're differentiating between night and day, or we're differentiating between light and dark. Right, right, right. So there's also the Torah. We haven't spoken about Torah, which is like different time period, right? Right now, I think we're talking about Or V'choshech, more than night. Good. Fine. Okay, amazing. Rabbi Isai, so tomorrow morning, those of Um, you... Rob, I missed that part about how the the mitzvahs illuminate. Can you explain that again? So I just missed that. How the mitzvahs illuminate. How the mitzvahs illuminate is by us connecting and relating how in a time when we're not feeling it, the way we respond to mitzvahs is a true true reflection of where we're really at. So if I'm I'm not, I'm feeling lethargic and lackadaisical and I feel, oh my gosh, I just can't be bothered to bench. So that can inform me so much about my appreciation, about my connection, about where I'm at. It tells me where I'm at, it tells me what's going on inside of myself, it tells me how I respond yeah, okay. You're with me. Yeah, thank you. Sure. Okay, boys. So, um,